Brett Easton Ellis' American Psycho decides to look at a challenging time, 1980s in America, more so challenging for the moral questions that it poses. This was a time of pure capitalism in the country, where money was prioritised over everything. With this came a lot of scandals, and as previously mentioned, immorality. The book follows main character Patrick Bateman, a psychopath, as the title says. It follows him slowly, or rather quite quickly, descending into madness, and being frustrated at the idea that he's able to get away with it. Just due to the fact that he is who he is, he's a yuppie, and, and people, he blends in with the crowd. Bateman sort of has this priority, now he has many, but one that I'm choosing to focus on today is this idea of image over absolutely everything. How you are perceived, rather than how you are or who you are, just more so how people view you. That's what dictates Bateman's Bateman's life. He has nothing else but that. That's all he cares about, how people see him, how he is to others. That's who he is in his eyes. So I plan to take a look at that, and I thank you for, for you know, tuning in to listen to this, and I, uh, I hope I make it worth your while. So, Patrick Bateman, he isn't like those around him. No, he's not some quirky girl that's trying to excuse the fact that she doesn't fit in. It's because he's a psychopath. And we can see this in the bar scene. So in the bar scene, if you haven't seen the movie, he orders a drink at a bar from a lady and she co- she is sort of, not rude, but I suppose blunt with him, um, talking about how the credit card that he's trying to use is no longer accepted at this establishment. And so when she turns around, we see in the reflection, which is a very important concept of the film, and we'll get to that later, but we see Patrick, I won't say it, but he is rather crude with his language and what he wants to do to her, which is murder. He wants to do some bad stuff to her in that regard. So he puts on this facade of sanity, when in reality he is, he's anything but, he's insane literally we as the audience we have the upper hand because well we we get to see this i mean from the opening scene we have patrick talk about his strenuous and meticulous um morning routine of this constant skincare and it's it's like you have to think good god and he also talks about his workout routine which i think someone did the maths on it and it takes a very very long time i don't know the exact number but it is a very long time and I've looked into it and it is, it's in the book, you see, because in the movie they don't show the whole thing because they don't have the runtime, but in the book it is ridiculous. Um, So we know just who he is, we know the killer that Patrick is, this cold-blooded, this cold-blooded monster, if if you will. Um, Yeah, so we, we see this, but Patrick blends into the crowd, he tries to hide and he conforms to those around him. So this can be seen in a number of instances. So um, I suppose probably the most um, the most infamous and most evident um, example of this is in this infamous um, business card scene. So again, now, if you haven't seen the movie, first off, I highly recommend you do. Uh, it, it's a little strange. You may love it. You may You may hate it. I don't think there's much of a middle ground there. I find most people either really like it or really, really don't. 
Um, but the business card scene is essentially uh, all of these yuppies around a the table. They all look the same. Um, and I should briefly mention, uh, we can see Patrick's obsession with wanting to blend in with every time or most times we have a new character come into play. And by the way, you're not really going to remember their names. Like I have seen this movie many, many times and I can't remember many other characters' names apart from Patrick Bateman, Paul Allen and Cecilia. And that's kind of it. And this is done intentionally. Um, and we'll get to that in a bit. But we see Patrick constantly observe what these people are wearing. So, uh, you know, we see him talk about the suits of their type of wearing, the haircuts. And um, this shows how Patrick sort of copies that as well. Like, for example, Marcus Halberstram, they go to the same barber. And he, he, um, he comments that he has, Patrick says that he himself has a slightly better haircut. That's a, that's a quote which is funny so you can see him conforming and trying to blend in but also not getting rid of this sense of pride and self-obsession so back to the uh back to the business card scene so with each of them pull they all pull out a business card so patrick pulls out his initially um and he's he's very proud of it and then someone else pulls out theirs and they look the exact same and i'm fairly sure now a lot of them have the same phone number they're they're practically identical but we see patrick slowly just become this mix of rage and nervousness he's sweating bullets because of these business cards and it's just it's almost hilarious because we as the audience we we can barely notice the difference i mean they could easily use the same shot of a card going four times in a row and we would we wouldn't notice because we think it's the exact same card it's so, they're so identical but we see patrick absolutely lose his mind over this he is losing it because well he he likes to conform but he likes to all he cares about really as i've as i've stated is how he is viewed um and this is seen here we he's called multiple different names by multiple different people now while you or me would probably correct this first time you know someone called us the wrong name bateman doesn't he feeds into it allowing him to furtherly blend in and warp his own reality so we see many different people call him many different names including paul allen played by jared leto by the way bateman is played by christian bale um we see him call him Halberstram yeah he he's he's Halberstram and that's what um that's sort of what starts it we see Bateman just before the business card scene he uh, notes Paul Allen's existence and he says that he's mistaken him for Marcus Halberstram and that's how he talks about the haircut and and all that stuff so he uh he, Halber uh Paul Allen mistakes him for Halberstram and brings him out to dinner and he even chats a lot of bad stuff about Patrick Bateman thinking he's a completely different person to Bateman himself and we see Patrick just laughing about this uh, like oh nice yeah good one because well Patrick Bateman is now Marcus Halberstam and it's just it's a lot of it's a lot of that kind of thing so we see this idea of image over everything again which is just a constant throughout um when Patrick is attempting to get a reservation at Dorcia so Dorcia is a very fancy restaurant in uh, in New York in in the time that this is set. Uh, it's fictitious, but um, I think it, you know it represents all of those you know up and coming those really exclusive restaurants that'll serve you whatever on like a sheet of tin foil, and that's supposed to be 
exclusive or something. Um, so he can't get a reservation here, and that really bothers him. He stops at nothing to get this reservation. Because I think to Bateman, he views this not being able to get a reservation, or more so those who are able to get reservations, it's it's a status symbol. They they are, you know, elite. They're almost superior to those who can't in some regard. And he stops at nothing to get this reservation. Including he drugs someone's wife who, you know, it's his mistress. And um, they... He brings her to a different restaurant, which, I mean, it looks like it's a nice restaurant, but still, regardless, even this woman who's off her head, he's still not going to accept the fact he can't get a reservation at Dorsia, and he tells her that they're in Dorsia. And I think Paul Allen, who we'll get to later, well, you know, we'll get to what happens to him later, Patrick Bateman murders him. Um, He is able, you know, when they go to this restaurant where they first meet, this is where... Paul Allen talks to Bateman about <laughs> Bateman, thinking he's Halberstram. It, it gets very confusing. Um, he mentions that he could have gotten them a reservation at Dorsia. And now, bear in mind, this restaurant seems fairly uh, average. Like it, it isn't, it isn't fancy, and that doesn't necessarily. That's not necessarily a bad thing. But I think it's just the fact that then um, Paul Allen says, "Hey, I could have gotten us a reservation at Dorsia." That seriously bothers Bateman, and he kind of just swallows that pill but he keeps it in his in his mind and he does actually um we'll get to that in a minute um this is again this this constant wanting this status symbol of dorcia shows his obsession with how he's perceived so now watching this film for the first time you'll probably wonder how bateman lives the way he does you know these fancy restaurants all of this stuff um how how can he afford it and honestly that's a very fair question because, well, at his work, which is mergers and acquisitions, that's all we ever find out. Uh, it seems all he does is listen to music or worry about the next restaurant he needs to get a reservation at. He doesn't really care about his career or company, as it seems, because we never really... It seems... He, uh, it's funny, in the, in the business card scene, there are multi, They are all vice presidents. Like, it says vice president of whatever the company name is. It's vice president, vice president, vice president. They're, that's how identical these people are. But Bateman doesn't care about uh, advancing his career nor his company, but just how others view him. And I think that's, I mean, this is in the little time he spends in the office. I mean, he is barely in that office at all. Um, so also I talked about this um, just a, a, mo a few moments ago. The use of reflection in, in this film is constant and this shows Patrick's obsession with himself. So the first time we see this is um, in the opening scene, but it isn't actually in a mirror. It's... Um, Patrick Bateman, he has a portrait or a picture of um, a poster for Les Miserables on, a, on Broadway, which is, if you don't know, the, um, the musical adaptation of Victor Hugo's book. So um, I think for the yuppies, see, Les Mis is referenced m many times in the movie. For the yuppies, they view this as um, a status symbol of wealth, you know, that they're able to obtain these tickets on this well, quite... It's a phenomenal show, they miss, but they're, you know, they see it as like, oh, look at us, we can get these tickets easily and we can afford them with, without even making a dent in our, in our bank accounts. Um, and that completely juxtaposes the true meaning of the, uh, of the movie. It's about how the poor are downtrodden and that leads to revolution and to, uh, to anarchy. And I suppose um, the, it's set in Paris in the late 18th century. Uh, or is it the, uh, yeah, late 18th century? And we also see, 
um, the Paris and New York are completely comparable throughout because it shows the mistreatment of the poor and it's almost as if history is repeating itself in, in that sense. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's it, it's a lot to take in. I'll give you that. Um, and I suppose this idea of Bateman and, and his yuppies seeing this sort of... Um, seeing Les Mis as something that is completely incorrect is a constant throughout the film. Bateman, every time a piece of art is featured, he completely misconceives it. So, uh, for example, the um, notorious hip to be square scene from uh from the film the uh the song by Huey Lewis in the news Bateman before he kills um Paul Allen in quite a comedic way honestly this movie is actually quite funny which you wouldn't think but it is supposed to be humorous so if you are going to watch this don't think it's just horrendous acting um which I think I've said before in my um in my top 10 favorite films this got fairly high on there uh, Bateman rants his memorized definition about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends before completely going against it by murdering Paul Allen with an axe. And just after he has put his axe in a couple times, he says, try get a, great, a reservation at Dorcia now. So it, we see that while Bateman seems to have taken the comment about Dorcia on the chin, we get a real idea and understanding of what his character is like. The fact that that is going through his head at this time. The fact that he's just murdered someone and all he's thinking about is the fact that he was making fun of the fact that he couldn't get a reservation at a stupid restaurant. And just a bit of a side note here, he has many memorized, memorized quotes that paint him in a positive light, such as his rant about the, uh, you know, about treating the homeless correctly. This is in the first scene in a in a spa, I believe, the restaurant. Um, you know, about treating them correctly. And then afterwards, almost ironically, he goes and kills a homeless man. And that sort of juxtaposition is a constant throughout the movie, as we can see with Les Mis, with the, uh, the Huey Lewis in the new scene, and then with, with this. But also, he desensitizes a lot of stuff. So, um... Uh, he desensitizes violence and, and, you know, from the, uh, the horror movie Texas Chainsaw Massacre because we see a scene of him working out to it in the background rather than being engrossed in the story. Uh, as well as this, he casually watches pornography, showing his complete misunderstanding of art. All he cares for is how he's seen. By accepting others and accepting other, more so the names that he, that he gives, that he's, that he's given... He has lost all his sense of individuality. Um, so, as a result, Patrick Bateman, a man who was obsessed with having things to take, always being able to take things and to, I suppose, you know, when when there was more to take and there was other things to be, how he could be viewed. I'm sorry, I'm completely messing up my words here. Um, when he, When he has no more to take when he loses all his sense of individuality, he gives in to his psychopathic ways. So, I think, uh, as a result, he goes on a um, a killing spree, uh, which is, you know, it, it all happens quite quickly, and it gets progressively more insane. I mean, he chases a woman around, um, he chases a woman around an apartment block in the middle of the night, butt naked, with a chainsaw, and no one comes out to stop him which I think is a reflection of the society he lives in. Um, but also, we see him shoot, just, he slowly, no, 
he very quickly descends into madness and he shoots a cop car that explodes and it's just also he goes to an atm and it says feed me a cat and it's just we see patrick bateman is just truly truly gone mentally he has he's insane he's completely psychopathic um and this idea of lunacy always begs the question was the ending real and in my opinion i i, I think it was See, as a result of the image over everything argument, Bateman's true self is revealed. This true self, however, is, I believe anyway, a representation of the society that he has been brought up in, or ish exists in almost. This idea of what Bateman represents is barely, it, it's not even a person, it's an idea. It's, it's an it. <laughs> um, that's its pronoun. <laughs> um, it's raised to obey. And to value nothing but but greed and self-prosperation. I mean, this can be seen uh, when Patrick Bateman, he hides the bodies of the, um, the two murdered women in, in his apartment. He goes back and to deal with the bodies and he finds that it's completely gone. And this is due to a real estate agent who's selling the apartment. So this shows that the real estate agent covered up murder just so the value property price of the house could, of the apartment, would remain as high as it is. See, this is a world where no one cares for the suffering, like that, like that homeless man that he killed, and where image and how one's status is perceived and represented means everything this is the world where a psycho is at home so i just realized in post there i didn't really answer the question of why bateman is insane and you know as as informal as it may seem i actually did write stuff down for this so i guess i sort of just skipped my point but I think Bateman was insane because of the world that he existed in. The world allowed him to be insane because of, well, image was everything. The care for the, uh, the suffering didn't exist. How everything was desensitized and how greed, image, status was the only thing that mattered. And I think, as I said, you know, I might be repeating myself, but that is the world in which a psychopath can thrive, can exist, does exist, and it's important that society doesn't fall into this. So while I think, you know, American Psycho is quite clearly uh, an over-exaggerated form of, you know, capitalism and greed, I still believe that it, it has a, a message and it's that we, we, sh we can't let image, greed, status mean everything we need to remember our humanity and individuality which Bateman so definitely didn't have but apart from that I mean also you know Bateman's a psychopath and it'll never truly be you know that real but still I think it has a uh, it has a purpose it isn't just a dumb horror movie that has a bit of a, a joke to it as well so yeah thank you guys so much for listening um this sort of character analysis or you know this analysis of film or uh, or movie 
or I should say, <laughs> that means the same thing, TV, even, it's something I actually really enjoy doing, and I think I might, you know, do this a bit more often, so, um, I hope you guys are okay with that, and I think, yeah, this, this should be fun, so, again, thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll chat to you later.